This is Broadcast. Talking TV. Recorded at Maple Street Studios. Talking TV is brought to you by pop-up post-production firm The Finish Line. Uh, Dealing with everything from consulting to full post and delivery, they've worked on Long Lost Family, Hunted and Stage School. Uh, This week you can catch up on their handiwork on the Christmas special of ITV's Vicious, which returned for an hour-long special and can be caught on ITV's On Demand service. So that's what's going on with The Finish Line this week. Now, on with the show. Hello and welcome, I'm Peter White. On this week's show, we've decked the halls with bows of holly and we've warmed up the mulled cider for our guests. We look at what's coming up over the festive period, as well as the best shows of the year, the biggest TV industry stories of the year, and some of the shows to watch out for in 2017. That's all coming up on Talking TV from Broadcast. Joining us in the studio to reveal what they've made of 2016, as well as their favourite Christmas telly treats, our kerfuffle founder, Stephen D. White, Pretzel TV boss Steve Wynn and Ian Lamara, producer of Very British Problems. How Hello. are we all? We're good. Christmassy. Not really. Are we all done for the year? All wrapped up? All your shows that we need to be wrapped up? No, still the Christmas and the Monday coming Friday, which I know everyone's really hanging on for, right? Ian? Yeah, I've been I've been finished for a week, so I've just oh. been drinking as much as possible <laughs> and having a cold for about four weeks. <laughs> so I might sound a bit flammy. On the end of the broadcast podcast's final uh, year in review. First up, we take a look at the three most popular broadcast stories of the year. In March, Kevin Ligo took over the reins of ITV from Peter Fincham, who ran the broadcaster's programming for eight years. He subsequently unveiled his new top team of commissioners, including Polly Hill, joining from the BBC, Optimum Managing Director Sue Murphy, and ITV Studios' Siobhan Green. Kevin Ligo said that the new look ITV was going to be more fun and lightness. Uh, what do we make of, uh, of the new look ITV, guys? I'm very excited by the new intake. I can't really see the new look in terms of on screen because I think it's too soon for that but I think it's going to come soon I know with the the new nightly show and the fact that they're moving the news and things like that I think these things are kind of signifiers that it hopefully is going to start being a bit more fun less formulaic slightly more risk-taking and I think there's a new optimism there when you walk into ITV it does feel slightly more funky you know agree I think there's still I mean a lot of my friends are sort of being made redundant so that's fun uh, they are still shedding a, a, a load of stuff. CITV in particular. CITV, and, but across also just in tech and sort of some of the studio guys, they are still t- cutting costs. Now, that's not no bad thing necessarily, and blaming Brexit is controversial perhaps. Um, I'm with Stephen in terms of I think you go in there and there's a renewed vigour in there, but we've yet to see the results and they'll uh, live and die by those. Do you see a new renewed vigour, Ian? I quite like it being described as funky in, in ITV at that Conjures up sort of oh, yeah. Joel Clinton Davis dancing to disco. <laughs> but, um, I think you're right, Stephen. I think uh, it's too early to tell because mm. not almost nothing's been uh, made out onto screen from the new team. But the, the names are excellent, and with a new regime, we're always going to get a change, big changes. And I think, like you said, all the noise that's coming out of it are very ambitious and exciting. So, fingers crossed. You mentioned the nightly show. Do we think that's going to be as exciting as it sounds? I think so. I know a few people have been involved in it, and and so far. They've just done a huge kind of like full-scale dress rehearsal. In, in fact, they've actually run it as a show. Have you heard how that's gone? Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's supposedly gone quite well. So tonally, I think there's, there's been uh, questions as to whether it's political or not, because I've heard that they don't want to be talking about Brexit, they don't want to be talking about Trump. And so the writers have been like, what? Well, <laughs> you know, so that can change, of course. And I heard one thing where... They, somebody wrote a blue joke and that got the biggest laugh of the night. And so they were like, oh, OK, we'll change it. So it's going to be one of these things that's interesting. But um, so far, it, it you know, it does sound like they're taking it seriously. I mean, the, the fact they ran about two weeks of actual records 
to see if they could generate a daily show every day and still be funny. They've got to hit the ground running, haven't they? Well, that's it's, it. That's it's, it. Got, it's got to be good from the yeah. outset because the press will just be on it, just ripping it apart. They've got eight not. weeks to start, haven't they? Yeah. And do we think if it's a success, is he going to, you know, can you see that running the whole year? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, America can do yeah, right. yeah, that. Yeah. You know, we're not less funny than the Americans. We don't have as many stars, but it's only a half hour show. You know, and, and I think there come enough features that are interesting and can run and can go viral and can work online. Like I think Corden's been very clever in what they've done. You know, it's one thing to watch the linear show, but it's another thing to, mm. you know, we obviously get to see clips of it because I don't know anyone really actually sits down every night and no. watches James Corden, but they could tell you three or four features from that show, and that's the key. It all depends on the talent. They've got David Williams hosting the first. I've heard a couple of other names. Joe Lysett. Do we have enough talent in this country to, to host such a show 52 weeks of the year? I think absolutely. You know, there's, uh, I don't think there's ever been a better time uh, at the moment for that mixture of established comics, mm. new comics. Joe Lysett is one of the most exciting names. Um, he did, he the, did the rehearsal week. It was very good. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's great. And and I think all the channels are on sort of alert mm. with him. Equally, David Williams, you know exactly what you're going to get. Safe pair of hands, massively mm. established. So I think... The mixture of new and, and established uh, uh, ITV's disposal is quite exciting. They've got to go bold, haven't they? They've got to commit to it. Because we're yeah, great yeah. at doing like three episodes and going, that's fine, right? Mm. And then watching The Office US do another 165 of them. Yeah. I think we're very good at going, oh, that, well, we'll just do that many. Yeah. I mean, traditionally that, with chat shows, the problem's always been we haven't got enough stars. But there's enough there's enough to fill these people. Totally, so yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't even bother with celebrities anymore. It's all reality people mm. and viral mm. people and whatever. You can do it. You just have to, of course. said, you have to commit. You have to, you know, so Kevin Ligo has to say, right, I'm going to spend just the money and I'm going to go for it and da, 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 da. You know, all the people making the show are quite top-notch people. So it's, mm. if anyone can do it, they can do it, but they need the channel to, to be ballsy. Mm. And it seems to be so. Peter Fincham will be okay, won't he? We uh, we learnt at the end of the year that he's setting up an indie with uh, with Tim Hinks. How do we think uh, they're going to go? What do you what do you imagine Peter and Tim uh, plotting for the new year? God, can you imagine? It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Sitting down, going, "What's in the bank?" That's, that's good news. Maybe they're just sitting counting money at the moment. You know what I mean? That's the. Uh... I can't wait to see them doing the first thing for five star, you know. <laughs> um, With five star, five star yeah. on five star. I've always wanted to see That's that. It's not a bad idea. Um, I, th I think it's good. I think those are the announcements that we need. You know, everyone's starting an indie now. Like, uh, I'll meet someone who was like a researcher last week <laughs> in my office and they'll be like, I've got an indie, I've got a, I've yeah. got a business card. And, and I think that's dangerous um, that, that, that people who've, you know, been in the business for 10 minutes are starting indies left, right, and center. But it's the big ones like David Glover's or Peter Fincham's that make you sit up and go, okay. This is going to be. This could be big, and and I'd like to see more of them and less of the, the sort of yeah. less deserved ones. It's no surprise that three quarters of our most popular stories uh, on broadcast this year have been high-profile people leaving or getting jobs. Uh, Peter Fincham, Charlotte Moore, Peter Salmon, Zai Bennett, Celia Taylor, Kim Schillinglaw. That's what sort of this business yeah. revolves around. People sort of coming and going. This this the merry-go-round. Yes. But, but <laughs> you want to you want to see who the ones coming up, up up and coming. I mean, you know, there is who is the new Zai Bennett, Steve? Right. Whoa! I see what you did there. Well, I can't confirm or deny that, Peter. No, it's, it's, but it's interesting. It is the same merry-go-round that's been going on for a number of years. There are a few new faces, but who is the up-and-coming? Because everyone's leaving to start an indie. Who's at the channels that can take those sort of quite big shoes? And that's I mean, going to be an interesting mm, dilemma. The story for I'm hearing is that all the channels are getting rid of their commissioning editors. BBC are doing it. Sky have done it. You well, know, as we TV, discussed before, like, they're getting you know they're culling the commissioners now. Whether that makes the commissioning process any quicker. 
any easier. You're going to be pitching to robots in the future. Uh, well, we're not yeah. going to have channels. I mean, my kids don't know what channels are. They have. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't know what. They have no idea what I'm channels they like Westworld social services. <laughs> they don't. They just they go by content. Whether it's Netflix, Amazon, okay, they'll occasionally watch linear, but there's no. They're totally it's channel linear bollocks. You still got to. You still got to pitch to Tell someone. Though. You have, but it'll be sort of like a piece of content just goes. Somewhere, anywhere. Mm. It won't be sort of for drama. Well, it will be for drama, but it won't be for factual entertainment on ITV One. It'll be sort of a piece of content for Vodafone. Netflix robot. Netflix <laughs> robot. Uh, that ties in nicely with our next story. Uh, in July, Betty founder Liz Warner accused TV of becoming old and boring and regurgitating risk-averse, culturally bland programming. Uh, speaking at a BAFTA TV lecture, she said TV was slowly dying. She urged the industry to snap out of its creative lethargy. Uh, if TV is dying, uh, what should we all do next? Hopefully get Discovery to buy us, right? <laughs> I feel like she was talking about me when she said something <laughs> old, boring and dying and I just thought, that's it. It was like getting that thing when the Eskimos put you out on an ice flow and you just float away. No, I mean, I think she's absolutely right. TV is moribund and dying, but what TV is, what it actually is in underneath all that shite, is still completely uh, alive. Everything we talk about on computers, on viral, is still telly. Yeah. It's still good it's, ideas. It's yeah. still funny jokes. It's... You know, we talk about carpool karaoke. It was an idea off Comic Relief, for fuck's sake. Sorry, I'm trying to get for, go for it now. Um, You're not even drinking cider. I'm not drinking cider. No, but, but you know what I mean? So it's like telly is still there. The industry, the kind of, you know, that top-heavy, slow commissioning, whatever, that is dying because the audience are becoming more uh, empowered. But good ideas will always succeed. And it's just, a, so, you know, the, the creatives in telly just have to respond to the ideas and the opportunities, it's not true. to the industry being being more and more old-fashioned. So how do we get those people who've come up with great ideas that have been on TV, you know, uh, to, to put them into a digital world, so where it's not just YouTube stars with channels, you know, sitting in well, front of their computers? Well, it's happening. I think you, put, you come up with a piece of content, it's no longer just deliver a programme, you've got to deliver all the online stuff and all the stuff they want to go viral, so it's not just one size fits all. You've got to deliver all those things with any commission. And and it's becoming, you know, the shift is becoming more and more towards, you know, does this work digitally? It's like, what about the show? Yeah, forget the show. What does it work digitally? It's like, okay, that's interesting that that's... Would you spend as much time trying to come up with the next drop the mic as you would at the next chart show. Yeah, because it's the same. It's a piece of content. As far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter where it goes. It's a piece of content. Carpool karaoke, good example of you know, and it's now become a series, which is fascinating for Apple, right? And it's like you know, that's just a little sort of segment that would be in satellite takeaway that has now become you know lives off screen and becomes two minute, I mean, you know, two minute yeah. gag on the Tonight Show, and it's now a full series and an English series and a whatever and everything else. I mean, however hard it is to get into Netflix and Amazon, Apple definitely don't have any commissioners, do they? They must have someone looking after something somewhere. Again, it's probably. <laughs> you an can al- quote me on that, everyone. <laughs> it's an algorithm. <laughs> it's an algorithm. It's not the robots. Ian, is TV dying? What are you going to do next? Um, uh, I don't know. I think TV isn't dying. I, I think I think it's quite a big and easy thing to say. What 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 uh, Liz said. Um, you can always say it. Be controversial. No one's going to argue with you, and you get a bit of PR. But I think what we have to worry about is the is a diverse group of young people coming into television. I think that's where we're going to lack creativity going forward. And I think that's what she was getting at. Like, everything's quite homogenised now. Um, and the development teams are quite homogenised and the people working in telly are quite homogenised. Mm-hmm. So those people from working class backgrounds and diverse backgrounds aren't coming into telly. So they're going to the content they can make and control by themselves. So I think it's up to everyone to bring them into TV. And I think Channel 4 are doing a great job 
um, of that, but everyone, I think, has to. Bring back national service, I say. <laughs> That's it, television national service. <laughs> Two years working in the coal face of this morning. Or <laughs> I think that's brother. called work experience. We can film it, it'd be a reality show. <laughs> yeah. but, um, talking of Channel 4, the uh, the biggest programming story of the year was undoubtedly the Great British Bake Off. Well, what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> what? At the end of September, Channel 4 made an audacious bid to poach the Love Productions baking format. Uh, the issue led to a major bust-up between the BBC and Channel 4. Uh, James Burnell accusing um, Channel 4 of uh, leaving its born risky ethos and Jay Hunt hitting back saying the BBC should think long and hard about how it lost such a massive show. Um, there's still a couple, of, a couple of unresolved issues. Channel 4 has hoped to air a series next year and the BBC's still got a one-year hold back. Uh, now that the icing is settled, uh, what do we make oh, of this round? Oh, that was good. Do you hear that, everyone? <laughs> now the icing is set. Does icing settle? I think it sets. Yeah, it sets. Yeah, it sets. The sponge is cooled. I don't know. Is there any other way of doing it? <laughs> what do you make of this now round? That the cake is stale. There you go. <laughs> I'm still amazed that, it? that it came to that. I'm still amazed that there was a situation where it broken down so badly that another broadcaster within 24 hours was able to pounce and go, we'll take that. And by the way, we haven't secured the talent. It's going to be, Listen, it's going to become one of those stories that people will study in universities during the history of media. <laughs> It'll be that, you know, people will write thesis on this, you know, and it's exactly that. It's, it's how big a balls up can you do? They didn't tell the presenters. They fucked off their... T- oh, fuck. Keep, oh, he keeps swearing. Keep swearing, sorry. Oh, fucking they, idiot. It's for a mature audience. They annoyed okay. their talent. You know, they annoyed every everyone involved. And also, out, we all get to know. We all, we all got to know about it, which is fascinating. Yeah, it was all out in the public domain. Well, it, was, it, it wasn't was as if it was like secret. It was like bang, bang, bang. It's like off you go. This is brilliant. Has Channel Four struck a smart deal, smart I commercial deal, or have they ended up with an empty tent and Paul Hollywood? They well, it. I think there's going to be. It's going to be. Listen, it depends on how excuse it. Love are clever. They know what they're doing. It's ultimately, after all, a TV show. If you like it, you'll go and watch it. And I think all the people saying, "Well, it's not the BBC anymore." I won't go. Yes, you will. Yes, you absolutely will. It, but it will be done to the casting. I think they have lost a core bit of their team in, on on screen. But I don't think you anyone's know, listen, if, a, if a seven four seven had flown into the tent at the, fin- at the final of Great British Bake Off and only Paul Hollywood had survived, no one would be saying well, we can't do it anymore. No. So you know, I mean, you've got to look at it like that. It's all it's all about emotion. It's Channel Four, the the, the, what? the airliner. Uh, well, I don't know about that. I can't. I, 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 I plead the fifth on that one. Um, but no, I mean, this is just this is commercial TV at its kind of most savvy. Love did it because they want their seventy-five million pound payoff. I, I, you can't blame Love you know, for doing it. Um, and then you got loads and loads of bored journalists at the Daily Mail writing about it every single day because <laughs> it was something to write about. This kind of thing happens all the time. Is it going to yeah. happen more and more, Ian? I think I think it will. I mean, it's happened since the dawn of time. You know, between BBC and ITV, and I think. Um, I think if it had been Channel 4 buying a show from ITV, there'd be almost no um, uproar. It was just because it was BBC, I think they thought, well, I think if ITV had bought the show, there'd yeah. probably be, it'd be exactly. less of the story. It's just that Channel 4 does... Channel 4 doesn't seem to be the kind of people that would stab the BBC in the back. Mm. But that's but the thing. That's what gives I, it that extra kind of, you know, they didn't, they didn't stab anyone in the back. No, but you know they what I mean? That's, that's the, that's the <laughs> yeah. media story, though. Yeah, you know, oh, look at this. No, Jay yeah. Hunt has, you know, met someone, strangled him in a, and yeah. ran away with a cake. But what she, what she did was buy the biggest show on TV. And that's clever to answer your question. You know? And we'll find out, you know, as long as they get... 100%, as you said. Half of the viewers, then the it'll viewers be a success. The viewers will come to, you know, it'll be forgotten about. 75 million, though. It's going to be interesting to see if they can recoup that. Even with books, you and can some put cakes, make food adverts. 
Sure. <laughs> They're expensive foods, right. aren't they? I don't know. I wouldn't know about these uh, things. Has this helped? I mean, we're still... The, the issue of privatisation of Channel 4 is still looming. I know, um, you know, we still thought we'd, we'd have it wrapped up by certainly by the end of the year, and it feels like, you know, Cam Bradley's going to going to take it into the new year. Does this sort of thing mean that, I mean, does this have any impact on privatisation? Are we forever going to get a decision of, of whether Channel 4 is going to be owned by Discovery or NBC or, mm. or us? I don't think it helps Channel 4's cause, does it? If they're sort of saying... Born, that the Born Risky the Born ethos risky thing is ruined is, by the fact they've bought a not guaranteed good. hit. You know, from a business perspective, it's clever, but from a kind of originality, creativity perspective, which is what Channel 4 has coasted off for 25 years... It looks poor. Yeah, the timing's but not. I reckon they c- it can justify much more risky programming around it. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- listen, they got rid of Big Brother. Big Brother. When I was a commissioner at Channel Four, Big Brother skewed the figures the, for the entire year. You know, when they had Big Brother on, it meant that the, the rate, the share went up for the entire mm. year. So that was why they did it. Right. And then after ten years, they were like, "Oh, you know what? We think we should get rid of that." Got rid of it. it went to five. It carried on hi- hitting, and they were like, they were a bit like, "Ooh." And they'd kind of slightly shot themselves in the foot, being too clever. Now, this time, Jay Hunt's been a bit more commercial and gone, right, you know what? That brings in that. huge ratings. Even yeah. if we get half those ratings, it will That's still... That's going to pay for other shows. It'll pay for other shows. You know, and so it, 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 it will allow her to bring an audience yeah. to a show to follow that or, or, or bring an audience from the previous I mean, show. If, had, if it wasn't for all the hysteria in the tabloids, this would just be... It's you know, not, I think. Well, it isn't. A, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, 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 Look at the voice. Yeah. No one's really crying about that, no. are they? Yeah. That starts January. Yeah, yeah. What are the other major talking points of the year? We, uh, you both mentioned Brexit and Trump. Does that matter in TV? I know in the states that they're sort of looking at whether they need to to change things. Do we have to look at whether we change things in the UK because of Brexit? Maybe make more cheery programming. I mean, that's what ITV are going with with their slightly more fun yeah. ethos. People are depressed. It's been a crappy year, and every day we've got death and you know and politics and not, no no hope I mean it's very when my, right back it's going to 1970 <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas yeah. everyone <laughs> Merry Christmas yeah, I'm enjoying this podcast yeah. <laughs> I hope I'm not responsible for any suicide yeah. oh wow okay. uh, <laughs> today Christmas <laughs> suicide um, so yeah it's been a really really crappy year so telly should be a little bit more escapist a little bit more entertaining I don't really think we need that mirror of, of reflection to show us Brexit and, mm. and you know the, the, this, it's been very meaty in terms of current affairs I think it's the other side of TV now. Factual entertainment, entertainment features all the drama, of course. Can, we can see it with drama. Drama's so... Uh, it's like a, a panacea now. You know, you, you, we, we feast on box sets and big Netflix runs and things like that because everybody wants to escape. Yeah. I think as well, on the flip side of that, you'll get a lot more satire and political um, talk shows. I think that's what's happening in the US and we're going to have to start doing that because the audience, the general public, have become a lot more politicised this mm. year. Than I think they ever have been. So the, the, the average person is looking to television to see um, that reflected, I think. So I mean, I think this is what's odd about the, the, the nightly show, the, the story I got told, was they didn't want to do politics. So they're kind of, oh, we won't do it. But actually, they should be doing it. It should be, there should be events. Yeah, I don't know why we find it that so hard, because Channel 4 tried, didn't they, with the 11 o'clock show, and it didn't work as well as it could have done. Show. 10 o'clock, 10 o'clock show. Was it 11 o'clock originally and they moved it? Yeah, no. They I mean, two, different, two different shows. shows. It was on Plus One. And... Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it, you know, with all of that talent, it still didn't work. It was no Daily Show. It was no sort of you know last week tonight with. Uh, Although it did produce uh, Ricky Gervais, Sasha Baron Cohen, Ali. Uh, the eleven o'clock show did. Did the ten o'clock show? Yeah, did. the eleven o'clock show is what he talked about. That's the show he's talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about, Peter. All those <laughs> You're too shows. young we to know, remember the We noticed that. Uh, we noticed that, Steve. Um, <laughs> so what else was going on in your world? What was the biggest industry stories other than these for for the three of you? Well, biggest industry story for me is probably. The non-event of the uh, BBC white paper. So for a whole kind of six months, everyone was shitting themselves, 
and then it came out and it was a complete damp squib. And then the real sort of story of the year that everyone sort of kind of accepted without complaint was closing BBC Three. And when I say closing, I mean putting it online. But to me, it's still, it was a closure. Mm. And that's still, Does it matter? that's I like mean, the scandal of the year for me. Is we've it? had mm. Fleabag. We've had another season of People Just Do Nothing. Does it matter that the channel doesn't I, exist I, on I linear television? I think it television? does matter. I mean, this is where I'm sort of old-fashioned and, and, and still linear, still keeping it linear. Um, it, it, to me, it was, a, it, was a, it was a bad political decision by Danny Cohen in the first place. And then it was sort of painted as this kind of, oh, actually, it's an opportunity because young people don't watch telly. Bollocks. You're basically giving in. The BBC shouldn't be getting rid of one of its channels, you know. And what? And so the idea that oh, we still got BBC Three, we haven't really. The ethos has, has sort of changed. There's the, there's a few things floating about, and I just think it's I think it's terrible. I still think it's a little there's a little hole in my heart where BBC Three was. Ian, you've been pitching stuff to BBC Three recently. Does it matter that it's a linear no, channel I, or not? I I do buy into the fact it's an amazing opportunity the online stuff, and I think it's given the commissioning team a freedom to take massive risks and. It's working. I was on a couple of judging panels recently and I've never seen so many uh, BBC Three entries in, in uh, all the categories I've, I've, I've looked at. And I think you mentioned Fleabag and um, Murdered by My Father looks kind of shows would be on any channel uh, in the UK. And I think when you've got a show like Fleabag, which is a buzz, uh, you know, um, sitcom, it, yeah, your, your channel's making a noise. These were commissioned when it was still an online, when it was still a, a channel. You know what I mean? It's not about quality. It's about them sort of giving up on linear TV or whatever and sort of wrapping it up in a kind of, oh, the modern world is this. It's like, well, we'll get rid of BBC4 then. Get rid of BBC2. They won't do that. So to me, it's but, a bit of a fun. But for that audience, the 1635 yeah. audience, they don't watch TV in the same yeah, but way. You know that... what? 1635 don't watch TV full stop. Who cares about them then? Let's. What about the people, like the 36-year-old, <laughs> who are watching TV? I think advertisers care about them. Um, not on BBC. Not they on don't. BBC. They don't. But I think they do in general. So I think getting them to re-engage with uh, BBC yeah, as listen, a brand and is, television was just that the closing of BBC Three was a financial sort of uh, fudge, and they've wrapped it into the kind of the new changing world. The BBC are rich enough to keep another channel going. They should have kept it going. I think it's a bad sign, and I think it's a that is that sort of whatever it is pulling it in. It's called the future, Stephen. The it's future, the future, yeah. so ghost like, of Christmas future. <laughs> <laughs> Talking of the future and of uh, 16 to 34 year olds, uh, Vice was the big story of the year. We wrote about them, you know, more than pretty much any other uh, other company. Sorry, just vomiting. Going. Uh, <laughs> now that they have a linear channel, you know, now that we've seen what they do. Is anyone watching it? Is anyone watching it? Does anyone care, Stephen? Uh, I think it's bizarre they have a linear channel, uh, considering everything else they stand for and everything else they talk about. And then we have this linear channel being launched in 2016 with, as the broadcaster reported, literally hundreds and thousands of viewers, if that. Hundreds of thousands? No, hundreds and thousands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest hit is, what, 8,000 people? It is slightly bizarre. I get the shop window thing, but it is it is a step, it feels like a step backwards. I'm still unconvinced that vices are bright new future. Given that Shane Smith, you know, was was saying all this stuff to, to British broadcasters and British producers in August, does, yeah. does it sort of slightly hold, you know, now that he's got a linear channel and no one's watching it, does it, you know, slightly reduce what he was saying, Ian? I don't think so. I think it is a shop window. I think, like, you know, when, when you're born online, when you're born making content for online that of, of that quality, you know, they make great documentaries. You do want to have a, a shop window for it, as they do in the States as well. And I think it's part of building a, a massive brand and a, and a, and a sort of multi-platform um, arena for that. Clothes. I think for any any would-be investor, I think for any would-be sort of future 
proofing, they will need that's another sort of string to their bow. Yeah, you know, of course. They, it's, it's he's building a portfolio, and, yeah. and a television channel in the UK and the US are, 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 is, is a big part of that. And but it is contradictory to everything else. But maybe he just about. wants his mum to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> She's too old. <laughs> What's your biggest uh, TV industry story of the year? I think the CITV um, demise is not great. It doesn't bode well for, you know, you talk about being on the awards panels and it's almost always straight CBBC and CVB stuff, which is obviously brilliant. But with CITV now, it feels like pulling out of children's as well. It's like, well, there's nothing left. Why are they doing that? I don't think ITV have been interested in kids for, for some time. I mean, you know, they... they no money in it? There's money in it. There's definitely money in it. Is it because the kids aren't watching? The kids, I mean, young kids or young kids. No, young kids are still, well, and there's then there's back to my point in terms of my kids not knowing what channels are, and you're absolutely right in those terms. But it was the biggest channel, viewing figures wise, in the UK because they're on every single sort of platform. Mm. Um, and they are, you know, they're great. You know, you should have competition against the BBC, there should be another outlet to be able to produce kids' programs in the UK. And that's sort of now gone. So, was is it, anyone going to be producing kids' content in the UK outside of the BBC then? There's noises from Channel 4, but, you know, Sprogbox Sprog is not a kid's show, as we discussed in the broadcast awards this year. Um, Sky, do it's all family stuff. I mean, you know, obviously Netflix and Amazon are doing bits and pieces here and there. But in terms of most producers, BBC is your one-stop shop. Is it because there's so many kids' channels on Sky platform? There are now? a lot. Like, you know, everyone I know who's got kids, it's just straight to Peppa Pig, who's got a channel. Mm. And it, it, or, or it's Netflix. I mean, you know, the, yeah. my, that's the reason why we have that. You know, I got I got it for House of Cards, and then sort of watched it all, and then didn't want to pay six ninety nine again. And the kids were like, "Whoa, where's that gone?" I'm like, "Where's what gone?" Well, we're all watching Netflix. What? Yeah. What kids <laughs> shows on yeah, Netflix? Yeah. yeah, that's the net. I'm pretty sure that's the Netflix business model. Look, look, look. We've we've bought. We you know we're making House of Cards. Fantastic. And we're all cancelled now. Have you checked with your kids? Mm. No. I would do that first. <laughs> So it, it's it's just I just don't think it's great considering what else ITV are capable of and, and they have done some great shows. You know, CITV has got a great history of doing amazing kids shows, and I think that's such a shame that it's gone now. But is that I guess that's progress, right? Yeah. Favorite shows of the year? There's been some great telly, right? Great telly. Great it's telly. been a great year for telly, right? Brilliant year. For telly. Ian, what's your favorite show on telly? Uh, this year, Divorce. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah, Ooh. it's a great show. It's a brilliant show. So bleak. I think that should be Christmas Day viewing for everyone. <laughs> Sit down with your partner and watch six episodes of, of Divorce <laughs> and you'll break up. <laughs> um, no, it, that's been the best for me. So. Well, I've, I, I find it really hard to narrow them down because yeah. I watch a lot of telly. Yeah, I was going to say, so how many have we you? got a long list here? How <clears> like the rest got? of you are all watching on your phone when you're kind of on your skateboard. Yeah, because that's not work. telly. Uh, so I would say The Crown. Mm. I would say People versus OJ, American Crime Story, amazing. which was just amazing, even though I knew exactly <clears throat> what was going to happen. Fleabag, one Fleabag. of the best. Deutschland 83. Camping. Camping. You, you, know, I you liked camping, amazing. didn't you? You were one of the 8,000 people that watched it. <laughs> I, listen, I'll watch anything she ever makes. It was. I thought it was one of the best things she's ever done, basically. I thought it was incredible. Kimmy Schmidt, Series 2, yep. was better than Series 1. I mean... There was tons of good telly. I, there was really good telly. Although the best telly moment for the, of the year was one of the oldest, most hoariest, cliche-ridden shows of all time. And I couldn't understand why the BBC were launching a new series with it. They, they, they did. Danny Dyer's. Danny Dyer. Who, do you, who do, you do you think you are? I watched it and I was like... And I think I kind of laughed hysterically and then sobbed hysterically it, for the last sort of 10 minutes. It, it was, was the best episode of television this year, wasn't probably, it? Probably the, the, mo the best mo individual one moment of TV what was him sitting there being told... That your your it was King Edward yeah. said that you're part Plantagenet, which you couldn't even pronounce. But then he allowed him to say the phrase, "I'm going to be bombing around in a rough." Yes, yes. <laughs> what does that mean? 
I'm Scottish. <laughs> you know, the roughs that the, oh, uh, the royals wear, so he yeah. could bomb about in one, and he could have a proper rave up in Hampton Court Palace. <laughs> nice. Yeah, listen, he's royalty. Genius, he can genius get away format. With it. To, to, I, he's going to be Danny in Series Dyer. 6 of The Crown. Danny Dyer comes into it. You imagine being the researcher, though, going, you'll never guess what we've got in Danny Dyer. Like, he's, he's, he's royalty. No, no, check it again. <laughs> yeah. Check it and check it again. Yeah, you're sacked. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> he's one great script away from becoming a, a TV legend. Well, you've seen him on... Uh, he is a TV legend. There's no... You know, that, that show... He's the new Michael Caine. ...was the best thing I've ever seen. Have you seen him on Magana? What The way she does him. Uh, just incredible. And he's just a parody. And you watch... You think you are going, is that her? Or is that Danny Dyer? <laughs> you also missed out Stranger Things, which I thought was amazing. Strange World. Yeah. Planet Earth 2. The Iguanas. Oh, yeah. Just incredible. It's the opening scene, isn't it? Uh, the opening episode with the Iguanas and the Snake. But the I final, know, the final know, episode... This, I thought this the final the one with the cities was insane. Really great. You know, And Black Mirror. Yeah. Which was your favourite episode of Black Mirror? Uh, the one that's basically happening now with the um, the, social the one we're in right now. The social media going you know, the, with the, the Uber stars. Style. Oh my god, we are just <laughs> seconds away how many, from that. How many uh, stars would you give yourself on this podcast? Oh, five. I would have thought, oh. and Stephen zero because he hasn't got a phone, so he wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a phone. <laughs> <laughs> the missing missing series two. That was pretty that good. Was Did good. anyone watch that? I saw most of it. Oh. I haven't quite finished it yet, so don't tell me what happens. No, it was the butler, right? <laughs> <laughs> Again, no. OJ, OJ oh, did okay. it. Did you watch both OJ? Did you watch the documentary no, as well I, as the I series? Was, I, I was so in depth with the People versus OJ and 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 uh, Sarah Paulson as Marsha and all that kind of stuff. It was such brilliant drama that when I heard there was an eight-hour documentary, it was like, oh come on! I've I've lived through it once. I've relived it and the drama. I don't want to do it again. And now, of course, all I keep hearing is that's even better. Well, arguably, the documentary is better is than it? the series. Well, I mean, yeah. the, the the drama was was. was you know, but I love the fact it came from the American Horror Story guys. Absolutely, and yeah. under the same similar cast, just yeah, incredible. Yeah. They it was were all his, all his usual people, and it's just incredible. It was brilliant, brilliant drama. So we're coming up to Christmas. Hooray! What are we going to be watching this year? Are you, a Mrs. Brown's Boys fan, Steve? No. What are you talking about? Is anyone a Mrs. Brown Boys fan? Well, ten million people are. Yeah. No, except for those. Who are they? Have we ever met anyone that's ever watched an episode? Do you know what? I, do you know what I like about it? The the breaking of the fourth wall with the sort of cameras going through is the only bit I go, okay, that's all right. Um, I look through the Radio Times. There isn't a massive amount of new amazing stuff on, but... I think it's the worst year ever. Charlie Christmas. Brooker's 2016 wife, I always look forward to. I yeah. always think that's just brilliant. And I believe he's got three hours and he's got to fit into an hour. <laughs> Good luck in the edit, Charlie. Uh, Lego's Big Christmas, because I love Lego. Yeah. And behind the scenes, Lego's great access. And the other one was... Um, we're going on a bear hunt. We're going on a bear hunt. Because that's one of my kids' favourite books. Is that the one we're all going to cry, apparently? We're all going to sob uh, when we watch No that. doubt. Although not me. Not no, me. not you. There. I'll be sat there with I'm going to watch it on my phone with my kids. Yeah, eh? I'm going to watch it on my phone <laughs> just to spite you. What are you going to be watching on Christmas Day, Ian? Uh, nothing. <laughs> That's, I hate Christmas television. He's already oh, said he's watching awful. a box so set. Scottish. It's awful, Christmas television. I'll tell you what I won't be watching, which I was amazed that he's getting a big slot on Christmas Day, which is the best of um, Tracy Ullman's show. Yeah. It was like, oh, what, as, in, as in the 80s, Tracy Ullman show. No, no, no. The Tracy Ullman show that came out in mm -hmm. January and yeah. didn't do very well. And they're putting the best of on. And they're doing the best of that on Christmas Day. Now, that, to me, feels like the BBC throwing the towel in. I mean, it really... BBC normally does a really cracking Christmas Day. And this year, it looks quite a poor schedule from my perspective. What, what, what did you like in the past? What's your favourite TV episode I, you know, of Christmas? I, I mean, I think... Because I'm, I'm, I'm a soap watcher, so I watch things like Coronation Street. And, of course, every year, someone dies or has a baby on Coronation Christmas Day or the Boxing Day episode. So every year now you get the, oh, so-and-so died today. Oh, and it's such-and-such's birthday. And you just get this ridiculous kind of... So, but, so no, I'm, I quite like either a proper comedy, but there's very few of them anymore, or things like Downton. I used to like the big old schmaltzy Downton kind of Christmas. 
So um, I miss the big entertainment things. Like, yeah, what yeah, did you like? Just yeah. proper, like you know, like sort of um, the Morecambe and Wise's. Yeah, Morecambe and Wise, and uh, what's the one where they had to do the plasticity with the with Larry Grayson, <laughs> the Generation game. Generation Game. Those sort of Christmassy type thing, like probably you look, look back at them now. And they, but see, they it, don't exist. I mean, strictly strictly <clears throat> Christmas. But Saturday Night Takeaway, if that was on, there was a Christmas special. Yeah. That would be brilliant. Yeah, and I know it's coming back next year. Well, so. Noel's Christmas present. No, 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 bad Stephen. <laughs> So we've got the, the, the Grinch in the corner here. What are you looking forward to next year? Twin Peaks is coming back. Yeah, Twin yeah. Peaks. I think, I think Twin Peaks and Catastrophe 3 are my two. We're looking forward to seeing Catastrophe Series 3, aren't we? It's yeah, Particularly absolutely. what sort of storylines might absolutely. come out. Absolutely. so good. Yeah. I've only just recently watched it. Oh, oh my God. I missed it. But it's Sharon so Morgan's good. doing like six different series. So she should. She's, she's doing incredible. Motherland. She's doing Divorce. <clears> she's doing... Know, that, how is she managing to churn it out? Sherlock's yeah. coming back. Narcos, yep. looking forward to that. Got to say that because of the wife. Uh, Stranger Things two, Stranger Things two, House the of Crown. Cards is coming back as well. Season two, Emerald City. So basically, just more seasons any, of the shows we've just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything we've just the said. Voice. It, I want to see the voice. Say as well. Any British shows? I want to see Steve. the voice. I, I want to see what ITV have done that. You know, they're going straight from X Factor into the Voice. You know, what? I mean, they could they could make the Voice because the BBC was always quite schmaltzy with the Voice. It was lots of kind of you're you're all mm. you're all winners. And they're yeah. going to be mean, aren't they? It should be. A Are little they? Bit more, Tom Jones well, is back. It could is be. It could be properly. Yeah. No. Oh yeah, they've got Tom Jones back. Yeah, they've got him back. Well, the chairs aren't going to. Swing round if you if you don't get a you're not going to be able to see the uh, the contestant. Well, that's oh, good because it's called the voice, so they've actually come to the format. That's good, isn't it? They've actually come up with a format. Gavin Rostell, I imagine you're a big Bush fan, massive Bush fan. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, I did Gavin Rostell's first ever TV. No, oh, wow, which was back in 1962. Which was which was the was a, when he was sleeping it, with Steve Strange. It's no, no, no and it was Marilyn. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it was basically it was the an unknown band were on the word and we were doing a spin-off show called Access All Areas for kids. Channel I remember that kids show, and we did a, a sequence with they they basically got up on the word stage and performed, and we were doing kind of silly thing called Dance of the Week where one of the audience danced, and what they did they were called something like uh, honk I think the song was called Honky Manchild. And the band was called yeah. Future Primitives. And they were very West London. He was very good looking, but they were kind of just an unknown band. But what they really cleverly did, they took that videotape over to America, showed it to record that, company bosses. They went, bloody hell, and signed them. And wow. they became the biggest band in America. Does anyone know who they are? Does anyone know who Gavin Rostell is here? People like the music Ish. sort of do. I think it's people here know he's married to he's Gwen Stefani. Right, right, but that's sort of, he was married to Gwen Stefani. Yeah, I totally split up. It, I don't know, it's an interesting booking, isn't it, for ITV? Strictly star Daisy Lowe's father. I mean, Bush were big about 20 years ago. But I think what's interesting is the new Christmas television is pre-Christmas. It's mm. X Factor, yeah. and, and especially Strictly. I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. People know it's Christmas when that show comes on. I think when well, it's over, you know, yeah. it's still really Biggest thing in Christmas engaging. for me is Sherlock, and that's, that's like the new year. New yeah, Year's Day. Day. It's like, the, you know, it's a modern family coming back and things like, you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's, Christmas itself is all... No, it's oh. become... Bar oh, humbug. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> this has been fun. You can tell I'm a childless spinster. I'm glad I got you three in for our Christmas special <laughs> with the warning of asking you what your favourite Christmas shows were. So thanks, guys. No worries. Um, and so that's I think the best one of all time is Extras. Christmas special. Extras. Oh, no. Did you watch Black- that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, Blackadder. very good. Not a big fan. No, really? You don't yeah. like Blackadder? I don't even like Extras, but they had a great Christmas special. <laughs> like That was the best one I think I've ever seen. That's your lot for this year's final episode of Talking TV, which is sponsored by The Finish Line. I'm Peter White. Producer is Chica Ayres, exec produced by Matt Hill from We Think Audio. Uh, Thanks to Stephen, Ian and Steve, and we'll see you next year. You've been listening to Broadcast, Talking TV, recorded at Maple Street Studios. 